Hey everybody, it's Neil Brennan. Uh, before we start the episode, I just wanted to name some dates we're going to be at. Moshe is about to go on tour. He's going to like a thousand cities. He's probably coming to your city. Go fuck with him. Buy his book, Casher in the Rye, and check his website, MosheCasher.com, for where he's coming. Uh, you can go and fuck, fuck with your boy. I'm going to be in San Diego at uh, the Comedy Store in La Jolla. I'm going to be at Lake Tahoe at some fucking place. And I'm also going to be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. So come fuck with your other boy. All right. Start the show. Bye. Night after night, Questlove pound, 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 pounds his drums like a motherfucking wizard. We have a show where you say we're fucking with the champs, Doug. <laughs> this is the 36th well, episode. Perhaps. Can't I do me for one night? Yeah, you do you. You know what, Doug? You're right. Uh, yeah, we were wrong to even. Don't uh, don't let me bully into anything, Doug. Ladies and gentlemen, you're fucking with the the one and only. Oh, the one and only world famous champs. What a great episode we are about to have! I'm so well, damn let's excited. Not, let's not jinx it. You oh, don't know. Man, I can't could, jinx it. I feel so bomb. good. Yeah, that's true. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Friend of the show, arguably the biggest champs fan uh, on the earth. I was gonna say, I, I read. The- yeah, I know it's not to talk whenever <laughs> when Doug doesn't drop. I, I guess I'm the first guest of the show that is actually very much aware, right, of the um, show obsessively. Yes. Yeah, as in I've heard every episode at least three to five. Okay, I'm lying, like maybe ten times each. Gee. For real? Um. Yeah, I'm that's, sorry. No, that's yeah. great. I'm a, I'm Multiple a, listens. Yeah, like I, I find, like I, I listen when I'm working out. This, this is my workout thing. Like when most people are listening to Wayne or whoever, Young Money in the gym. Like this is what. <laughs> First of all, we're flattered. All right, Very I'm a, flattered I'm because a, you know what? I'm gonna try not to nerd out. No, I want you guys to. I want no. you to insult me with the thing. No, but nerd out because I've been listening. Get the Martin Lawrence shits up and all that stuff. I've been listening to your music since I was like six, 15, 16 years old. So I, you know, hey, I feel good about that. I've been right? listening to music since I was like 28. Well, you're a lot older than I am <laughs> since I met you. And I was like, I right. guess I'll listen to it now. <laughs> no, guys, it's, re- it's yeah. really my uh, pleasure to be here. No, it's a pleasure to uh, have I'm, you. I'm a, a, a massive fan of the show. All right. Uh, the, it's uh, the, our guest today is uh, Amir Thompson Questlove. You Questlove. Know him of, of I know him on the, the street. The legendary Roots crew. I know the street. The I know him as Amir Thompson. And right. But uh, everybody, it, 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 Questlove from the Jimmy Fallon show. That, right? The job that you got me. Yes, thank you. Do you have applause? Because <laughs> yeah. it's going to be about Neil today. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's no, always I don't about Neil. I want to talk about you. <laughs> we, 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 you won't get penalized for any of your... Oh, wait. Of you mean lineage? my name dropping? Do you mean... Um, Relative newcomer, Neil Brennan. <laughs> Who is <laughs> <What> was that? <laughs> 
Brennan got his first big break as a writer-director on Chappelle's show. <laughs> what is what that? What the fuck is that? Is that Neil's mom talking about it? Way to cherry-pick your friends, Brennan. <laughs> I, I, I literally have no idea what that is. What is that from? Relative newcomer, Neil Brennan. Relative <laughs> newcomer, Neil Brennan. I, wait, I can tell already this is going to be the worst no, episode of the 36. Yeah. Uh, promise me that you won't edit a no, lot. No, I'm fresh. Look, I can't promise anything. Yeah. Um, is he going to edit all this out? No, I was a diabolical motherfucker, man. Chappelle, you said I would cut him out of the show if I could. Um, (laughs) uh, Now, let's just start from the... The shit that I didn't know about you that I've only read from... Like, I didn't know that your dad was a musician. Yeah. My my dad, um, he was an oldies doo-wop singer in... uh, the the mid fifties or the the late. They didn't 50s. call them oldies in the fifties, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they called it doo wop. Tonight we're playing right some now. oldies. We just wrote this last night. <laughs> You're right. It's, yeah, um, it's, it's a doo wop music. Right. Did you and did you did he like Tiger Woods you where he was like you're gonna be a drummer? Um, he no. took you on tour with him, right? Yeah, I think they more or less pulled a ruse on me. Um, in the first grade. I realized that I got Oakland, California. Well, that's me. That's not Questlove. That's oh, me. sorry. <laughs> Let's clarify. In West Philadelphia. I digress. Born and raised. <laughs> yeah. See, let me give you that one. <laughs> when I was in first grade, uh, I'll say our homework assignment, our very first homework assignment was bringing your favorite 45. Okay, I just dated myself. 45, the device that you listen to a single. And also exactly how old you are. Well, yeah, I'm 41. So <laughs> You don't give a fuck about age. Nah, not at all. Especially not now. No. Um, Anyway, long story. Why do you say that? Why do you say not now? Uh, I've I've had an epiphany. Let's Uh, hear it. I've had a. I don't know. You were like, I am fucking famous now. Go on. Well, no. In in the in the wake of Patrice and Heavy and uh, Whitney. Yeah. uh, And pretty much no black celebrity post civil rights era born. Hasn't made it to the age of fifty. Um, I don't know. I've I've had a so you're a um, turnaround. You've heard that Malcolm X quote, like I'm already a dead man. I've heard that quote. I love that quote. I just I'd never heard it. Mal- what's the exact? But quote? not now is well. No, I, it's something close to I'm already dead man. But live my life that way. I'm not that extreme. But my my whole point was that you know I mean we're such a youth obsessed age culture. You know that I felt. Uh, I want to actually live it and make it to 60 and 70. So I've kind of had a spiritual. So you, uh, so did, were you of the mind, like, I'm in late, I'm going to die soon? I mean, like. Absolutely. Um, when, in October, uh, there were two weeks of felt. Oh, great. I just what? had, I just had a, a lot of hot sauce. And I'm rubbing my eyes. And I'm, t- wait, I'm telling this story, oh, so I don't want y'all up? to think like I'm crying. Yeah. Go ahead and get it. This DJ Doug Brown shit is getting me wet. Uh, are you sure it's the hot sauce and not the, just the your impending death time. catching up? No. Wouldn't it be crazy if your what? impending death caught up to you during your I'm going to make it to 60 speech? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, wait, because for those who listening, the like, there's tears in my eyes right now. So I just wanted them to know that it's not what I'm talking about. It's the hot sauce. Are you actually crying hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, this is the blackest my, my episode whole, my ever. Po- <laughs> my, shut up, man. My, my whole point was that uh, 
so that I can actually make it past 50. I've so hired. No, what was the two weeks in, at Fallon? You like were like. Um, well, I caught. Uh, there's something called Coxsackie virus, which is. It's like the new chicken pox. Like only kids get it. Right. Um, basically, it's the equivalent. You know, like when you put Elmer's glue on your hands yeah. and you rub them and the shit gets hard? Like yeah. White. yeah, I do that every night by yeah, 11.30. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. It's not Elmer's glue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it's like a bacteria where it just eats at your skin, your palms and your feet. Coxsackie? What's it called? Coxsackie. <laughs> Isn't that Coxsucky. the dad from Mr. Belvedere, ah. Mr. Coxsackie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Wait, no, he was on to something. You hired. So you I want to hear about got, the cocksucky you virus. Got the okay, cocksucky. look, I got, I got really, I was. I was Were you rubbing Elmer's glue in your hand? <laughs> Shut up, y'all. Look, I was just going relentless with no sleep. And was this because of the Jimmy Fallon show or because of I mean, were you overdue? I get up, man? I get up at five in the morning for Fallon. Then, it, and then after that, I work on the Roots album, and then I DJ till three, and then I work on D'Angelo's record till about seven, and then it's just that's too many. That's I 20, was overlapping. Yeah, I was over it twenty-six was hours. Twenty-seven. Red lighting. Oh, you you DJ on on the radio? You're saying no? no DJ no, no, clubs no. till three in the morning. Money's awesome. I'm not, Jesus, but I make more money as a DJ than I do as Questlove. Interesting. So it's just it's just a hard to say no thing. Anyway, um, so you felt like then right. no, then I I was in the hospital for for like a week. So oh, is that were you guys shooting? Yeah, because uh, I was wondering what Frank was drumming. For nobody like two told weeks. me where you know. I didn't know. I thought you were like mixing the record or something. Nah, nah, nah. I was just that that was my that was my call, and then. Patrice died around that time. Right. Mm. That's when I got to really know all of your episodes. I mean, right. after the first episode, I was like, eh, okay. But then when I was sick, <laughs> that's right. what got me through it. That's why I've heard it so many months. My, so my, my, my long so story short is that I've since then hired uh, like a trainer, a yoga instructor, a full-time chef, a masseuse, wow. an But you always have shit like that. Like, ever no, since I've, I've, I've had, you've I've had one had. trainer, but then I've been half-stepping it. You know what got I mean? Like, I'll train, no but then I'll eat at Roscoe's like... Five right. seconds. Well, later. no, that was the thing. We were talking on the phone. You I have were to going pay to the gym, and I heard you ordering McDonald's. Right. Exactly. Right. Something and they say you can eat. That. You can eat your way through any exercise regimen. You know what I mean? Diet, well, that diet is the biggest thing in the so world. They think, yeah. They think people are like, well, I worked out, so I deserve a Big Mac. Right. Right. And it's the opposite. Um, so, so now, now, you, now I'm taking it uber serious. Very, very strictly. Because of cocksucky. Cocksucky. Uh, no, that was just a result of not getting sleep. That was your wake up. I don't want to get a stroke. So after yeah. Whitney died, then Does I'm anything like, run in your family like that? Because your mom's still. Um, no, I mean, right? my family's rather cool. I mean, you know, they're still alive. But, you know, no celebrity I know is making it past right. 52. But it's funny because. When That's I, black, at least. When I think about you, yeah. I think about, like. Like wholesome. I mean, I don't know why, but I don't think about you know. In terms of the hip hop pantheon, I think of the roots. I think those are dudes that have their shit together. Like, no, we are some Patron drinking. White people don't trust black people. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> nah, we. <laughs> Let's just say we have a. So way you guys are all loaded every night. No, no, they're not. Lo I mean, they're and maybe after the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do our regular. I think that the that came from. Uh, we did a PETA ad in 2002, and at that point, there were four vegans, two vegetarians, and one pescatarian in the group. What are you? What's your diet? Um, as of now, uh, my chef has me on what I guess you can say is a vegan diet. She tricked me into it. 
but I still eat fish and turkey. Okay. Yeah, that's so. pretty healthy. Neil Neil's a vegan too, right, Neil? Yeah, that is correct, Moshe. Well, Doug, um, what do you, do you miss? Doug, and Doug, because right now, right now, I'm in that Chris Rock well, stage where hard. I'm like staring at the crack pipe. No, like. it's hard when you. It's hard on the road because <laughs> I'm just like pipe. in Ohio, like I, and it's and it, particularly if you don't want to do a lot of starch, it's fucking really hard. Yeah, like um, I've been living off of you know cashews and I've been living in Whole Foods like. Yeah, but the fact that I've not went to Roscoe's since I've been in L.A. is like a miracle. It's a big deal. You guys. I'm a beef snob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not a vegan. I've just been tricked into yeah. the diet. So okay, I don't commit to. Do, do, all right, do you believe you don't? You're not much of a conspiracy guy, right? Uh, concerning b- b- black celebrities dying. Uh, it's not conspiracy. It's just fast living. Right. All right, yeah. So, all right, thank you. It's, it's fast living. Okay, so wait, will you take us through? You were talking about your dad taking you. He was a doo wop singer yeah. in the 50s. So. Back, the homework assignment yeah. was bring your favorite 45 in. Oh, right. So I brought in Why Do Fools Fall in Love by Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, thinking that it was a contemporary record. Uh huh. Everyone else is bringing in like Disco Duck, and, <laughs> you know, it was 76. So that's when I realized, oh, this is old. You know, the teachers right. are like, this is my music. Yeah, Not your music. So, you blew it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I blew it. Uh-huh. So then you realize that there was something musically different about you and your peers, which is interesting because what the what the roots have done in my estimation is sort of changed the the paradigm of hip hop and to some degree. In the the first couple albums, it was like instrumental hip hop, and now it's like I think be, it's post genre. It's not even like you're well, also doing rock. You're doing a whole different thing, I feel like. I now. felt like we had to... <clears throat> at first, I felt like we had to hold the... Well, first, we had to prove that we were worthy. Like, because there was this whole... Of what? I mean, there was this whole Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer thing where, you know, Wu-Tang members were asking us, like, what, y'all got a demo or something? Like, no, we... This is our second record. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, they just wouldn't let us play any any reindeer games. Um and then I guess once we got established, then it became a thing of like, well, that's when the hip hop apartheid thing started in '96, where the haves and the have-nots were arguing, and you know, the the rich guys were the jiggy guys, and the underground guys were the have-nots, and if you don't have money, you ain't shit. And, and then, you were in, you don't have money. I mean, we were definitely that on point. that side, right? But then once you were on we the, had the summit you were, meeting you were on with Jay Z, yeah. Side? What would, will you tell the story about the when Puffy was gonna kill you? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, we had we had did a, there was a a video called What They Do. It was on our third album, Illa Duff Half Life, which uh, the director Charles Stone. What's up? What's up? Uh, yep. Charles Stone, the, that guy. He did the Budweiser. What's up? The Budweiser. What's up, guy? The <laughs> Whoa! That's yeah. him. There you go. <laughs> yep. Shit, Doug. Nice. Thank you. Let's give Doug a hand. Yeah, yeah right. Doug. Nice. Oh, Doug. Nice. <laughs> okay, don't overdo it, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Come on. Um, he shot a video for our label mates uh, called Tesla. They were the the rock our, band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was exactly the prim- the premise of the video was sort of like video cliches, but they did the rock version of it. And right. I was like, oh, that's that's funny. Let's let's do the hip hop version of it. Right. Um, video is the one, the weakest area of all the roots. Like, we're anal retentive in every aspect of our career, from liner notes to fonts to mixing to engineering. When it comes to video, it's like phone it in. And we just told him, like, go ahead, do, do whatever you want to do. 
And um, we shot it. We were cool. What we didn't know was that he had a, a biggie video reference to One More Chance, where oh, Tariq's uh. sitting on the edge of the bed. Like, when you're in the shoot... Man, I'm not with that, all right? Exactly. That's my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me stop being a fan of the show and actually be the guest of the show. No, you're yeah. doing it. You're killing it right now. Anyway, um, long story short, uh, Biggie uh, gets very offended at what is now the people coming at him from New York. It's one thing Man. when it's... That's funny. Like, these Biggie ba- was alive at one point. That's what's fu- crazy is, like, Tupac... Well, I used to see Tupac yeah. at the comedy store. Right. Like, and Biggie, you had... you Biggie was mad at your video. He was... Yeah, he was uh, mad be- simply because, you know, he was such a champion of the roots. Right. Yeah, he told, like, my best friend, uh, Dream Hampton, once, like, Yo, man, what... <laughs> Yo, when I see an old nigga with the stick, <laughs> he said in quote, Yo, man, when I see an old nigga with the stick, man, I'm just going to slide him. <laughs> slide him. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you're the, you're the old, you're hub, your hub, our, our, our bass player hub. Um, oh, God, that's hilarious. Yeah, like just random. Um, and of slide course, him? slide him was our, that's, uh, our, I guess our colloquialism for, uh, does that mean when punch. you have an oil slick on the back of your car, like, yeah, when you're driving, <laughs> like 007, and yeah. they're driving behind you, or like the car in which you, you stole you the parking him out, spot in the parking lot, yeah, yeah, that's what exactly. I slid you, oil slick. in other words, I'm gonna punch him where it, when he doesn't expect it, it's a sucker punch, it's gonna steal him. on him, yeah, steal on him, that's what they yeah. say nowadays, that's bank how on say him. I, when I grew up, it was bank on him, so what happened, what, what happened with the biggie beat, well, um, once, well, the thing was being the roots, we spent a hundred days at least over in Europe. So it was kind of like, well, catch us if you can. Right. And so <laughs> we're, we're in Paris and then, uh, the, the head of the source calls me and says, uh, do you want to comment on Biggie's, uh, you know, quote about how he Sliding feels? And I was you. like, Oh, what do you say? He's like, well, you know, like I was a fan of them, you know, I, I turned Brooklyn on to him, like, you know, it's whatever, but you know, my boys might take offense and, you know, see one of them one day. And so they wanted a response. I I I wrote a nine-page dissertation on on March eighth, nineteen ninety-seven. My birthday. Uh, I called the source the next day and said, "All right, give me the fax number. I'm gonna mail it to you." And he's like, "Please tell me you didn't hear." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You didn't hear?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "Yo, man, Vicky got shot last night." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "He's dead." And I was just like, it killed me. I got me. my dissertation. And well, it killed me that it was, I mean, one, it wasn't a squirm, like, let me squirm my way out of this thing. But I saw the impending seed of what was about to happen to New York, this division thing where it's like those that were underground that now have money are now trying to disassociate themselves from those that have not gotten out of, like, the crabs in the barrel thing. And so right. I thought. This was my manifesto. This was my 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 big moment. What was your What were you saying? Is that what the, well, what the manifesto was about? Is well, that I just felt different? a civil war impending. But what what did the dissertation say? That you think well, it could have prevented any kind not of violence? Prevented, but I I felt that I I would have had a better answer than, oh no, like we saw this heavy metal video and we told our director do what you want. Like, right. I didn't want to squirm my way out of it. I wanted to man up and be like, okay, we did it. Like I didn't mean to offend him, but. Since I have the spotlight, this is the state of hip hop. Maybe we should explain what's about to happen. Whereas, you know, Biggie's kind of wondering why are all these people coming at me, and you know, the the, the inner fighting that was going on. Who in New was York. coming at him in New York? 
J. Rue had come at him or at him on You're Playing Yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Black Moon, OGC uh, felt some, uh, I guess, both on of them. On what grounds? Black Moon's thing was more about a biting thing. Like, not Black Moon, uh, OGC. They, they had a, a song that used the, uh, you can be as good as, as the best of them or as bad as the worst. So don't test me. They used that hook first. Right. And then Biggie used it for the remix to get money, and they felt like he was biting. Right. So they did a video, uh, sort of. <laughs> they did a video. <laughs> Come fuck with your boy. What about it? They did a they did a video, um, depicting a, a Biggie concert, and then them sort of like rushing the stage and kicking him in the ass, and you know, on top of that, he also has Tupac on his ass doing yeah. all that stuff, which. He really ain't touching that. So it's like, okay, well, I'll deal with the Tupac stuff, but I'm not about to take a New York this in my own backyard. So he saw them about that video and was about to see us about that oh, video. Oh, there's your, there's your, there's, it was OGC. No, nah, We're stop. not going to hear what happened. I didn't say anything. You no, didn't, he say, didn't shit. say a damn word. And he fucked him in the ass? Is that what happened? <laughs> he slid it, He slid into him, if he you will. Slid, he slid, slid inside him? of him. I said oh. none of that. And what did J. Ru say? I don't, in, you played yourself. You played uh, yourself. What did he say? Was he talking to Biggie? Was that what the song was about? Well, I mean, at that point, Biggie was the, the, the central spiritual figure of, of, I mean, Vicky basically took the death row theory was let's talk gutter shit over uh, a music palette that feels like radio could embrace it. Mm-hmm. Biggie shit was I'm going to also talk and present a lifestyle character. See, that's the one thing that Snoop and Dre didn't do. They kept it gutter. And Biggie didn't. was kind of the first guy to do that. You're saying that you, right? if you were writing a, a novella about Biggie, you would have a character arc for him. You knew exactly what he was all about, as opposed to Snoop, who was just he a kid. He had created a character. Biggie right. was a character. Well, Snoop, right. was, Snoop was more half freestyle rhymes. Right. My rhyming style, my da 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 fuck you all, because I'm down with Dr. Dre. Right. Like, his shit was more still based on gutter underground principles. Right, right. Whereas Biggie presented the right. lifestyle option. Mm-hmm. So thus, uh, he took the death row. Versace and all that shit. Right. He presented a lifestyle, which seemed Trying appealing. To make it fresh. And what would, did he, what was the thing where Tupac told him to do that? Is that true? The Frank White thing? Like the, the thing where Tupac said uh, you should come up with a character. You know, I, I, I don't think, yeah, that. like this whole you're trying to sound like me thing. Like there's, there's a, a debate amongst the hip hop elite on whether or not even Pac was a good MC. I think that most people. I I'm with. And you. I know you're from. I'm with you. <laughs> you know where I'm from. I don't. I know you're I'm from the Bay, huge, so I'm not a huge. I Pac. love Pac. I think Pac's great. I, th- I think people saw Bishop and Juice. Uh huh. Right. And then fell in love with Pac, the persona. Pac was a great MC, but he wasn't. I would say I I might love him more. Uh, than Biggie, but I know Biggie was better. You know what I mean? I know that Biggie had more was a more skilled MC. Yeah, he I was mean. a more skilled MC. I think Pac was more post Chuck D. Right. Yeah. That's, that's if Chuck D were a younger set, right. that would have been Tupac. Yeah, right. but, less, was, but he also had the, the Jekyll and Hyde thing, where his it, every other song was like, "I'm a fucking right. dirt bag." Right. And then it's like, "We got to lift it up." That's what right. was so compelling. By about the Tupac. way, I'm gonna rape you, but ladies, but, but Tupac, the interesting on thing Public Enemy's album was sophisticated bitch. Like right. they were coming, they were 
besides this is Gazelle on the first album. Well, that's so. what was interesting about Pac is that he wasn't just some guy saying what he thought people wanted to hear. He was both of those characters. Right. He, here's his mother, a Black Panther, and, and oh, a, he was a, a Gemini, political right? activist. Yeah, and he was a Gemini. So, so he really was both of those things. Yeah. He believed Brenda's got a baby, and he also believed, that's why I fucked your bitch. I mean, right, exactly. But at the same time as all this weird shit is going on, your albums, am I right? Cont- am I you right? Had, your you albums, had one You're album, doing though, right? things like, you guys are doing things like, Doing the same uh, verse four times on "It's a Lazy Afternoon," right? And uh, having the the, well, the, po- we the thought, poems and we uh, thought, well, that's okay. That leads me back to our original presentation, which was, you know, because of what hip hop was, we were going to be the left of that. But then all of a sudden, that hip hop just completely evaporated, and then we now had to start representing that hip hop. So now. We're accepted, and we're allowed to play reindeer games because half these people that were this is in what year minionizing us. I mean, you know, in '99, then we started going gold, near platinum. Right. Uh, we figured, and we told, we literally told Geffen, what you got to do is build a movement. And so, well, we that's yeah, that's I. The the roots are fairly calculated, correct? Like it's oh, a, we're always chess. I I just say we're chess players, right? Which we told them, look. You can spend all this great because we were on Geffen, which at the time was riding in billions. You know they had all this money, but of course from what? From, from Guns Nirvana. And Roses and Nirvana. Well, Nirvana, the success of Nirvana, Guns and Roses, and uh, I'll say Aerosmith. Yep. Allotted uh, us that get you know a pretty sweet re- record deal. Like we had one of the rare like seven figure deals back in '93. Which to put in perspective, Three Feet High and Rising. How did you get it? Three Feet High and Rising was made for $20,000. Right. <laughs> wow. So, Do You Want More is made for like $1.4 So that should put in perspective. Of, like Cypress Hill's first Did record you realize was $70,000. Cypress Hill's first record was $70,000? Did you? Where did all the money go? What do you mean? Our money? Yeah. Or, oh. Didn't you realize? You didn't do the thing where you're like, let's keep the money... Uh, like, let's not blow it. Let's build a studio. Like, no, we didn't. You didn't we realize w- you were going to have to pay it back? Uh, we just wanted to ride to the wheels fall, fell off. Right. Now, because we kind of came in the analog era, um, it was a lot of, of trial and error, which was I spent a lot of time. <coughs> all right. Take a, let's take Mel and my man from D Want More. You know, back then the process would be like we'd record it eight times. Right. And then I'd record some more with different microphones. And then let me you try it with this it live snare. eight times? Uh, we record live hey, eight I times. Like then we would say, okay, let's try it individually. Right. Let's see if we can try and sample it. So do basically. You, let me ask you, do you have some time to be our audio engineer here on the Champs? Like we've had some audio <laughs> issues. That sounds like you really know what you're doing. We don't have a million dollars. We do have $400,000. Well, Adam and Eve talk about it. Unfortunately, we all can grow and we all can learn. (laughs) (laughs) So, when you're engineering and mixing this stuff, you know, nowadays we can mix three songs in one day because of how Pro Tools is and how technology is. Back then. Were you recording on tape? Yeah, rewinding the tape. Rewinding the tape, that one little echo thing, you have to rewind and do it again and rewind. It would take all day. So, like, each song on our first three records, each song would take about maybe two days to mix. So we sp- we were meticulous, but it paid off because that's the education I got on how to engineer, what type of mics to use, you know, what type of rooms are good. Paid off, not for Geffen. <laughs> But for uh, but back then, you know, do you want more? Sold four hundred thousand, so oh, they, right, they, cool. it paid off. You All know, right. it paid off. But um, 
we weren't like we weren't squandering at all. And then we took the 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 story. The way the story goes is that uh, because Geffen was a rock label, um, they really didn't have the time to like sit and babysit us. Right. So they kind of trusted us with this budget. So it was a large. It was like. One, it was like 1.2. And that was for yeah. Do You Want More? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they trusted us with the budget. You know, we were honest. We showed every receipt. It wasn't like we could just take like 300000 right. and pocket it. We showed everything. Uh, when Cobain uh, took his life away, my manager had the insight to say, yo, we got to clear out that bank account and r- run away to you. Oh, that was brown. That was wrong, Duh, man. dude. <laughs> that was wrong, man. Doug. Jesus. Sorry. There was something great about it. We're not going to lie. Right. We feel bad that it was perfect. What's interesting is that when we were doing the biggie <laughs> ghost jokes, <laughs> was, was like, that a flat <laughs> line? I censored it. <laughs> that was a flat line, man. Um, we ran away to Europe. We stole our budget money. Why? Because you thought like we had a feeling that they would drop us. Hmm. Oh, really? They had signed ten acts, and th- sure enough, they dropped eight of those acts, and only kept two: the Who Jizza, the Jizza, and the Roots. Got it. Uh, Who'd they drop? Anybody famous? Doug's drops. <laughs> Did they drop Doug? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone famous? There was a, a well, there was an acid jazz group that I knew of called Groove Collective. Oh yeah, I know about Groove Collective. And uh, Brooklyn Funk Essentials. They dropped them. Um, I forget the other acts, but by that point, Nirvana that okay had exited. Yeah. Uh, it was clear Guns N' Roses wasn't going to turn in an album in any timely fashion. Aerosmith decided to jump ship and go to Sony. So the heyday of Geffen rolling in the billions was about to come to an end. Because mm-hmm. by that point, it was just like Hole and Beck. Right. So we stole our money. We got a flat similar to this very uh, illustrious spot that we're in right now, secret location. I won't say anything. It's the co-creator layer. Mm. Right. <laughs> this is Chappelle money? Brennan got his first big break as a writer-director on Chappelle's show. <laughs> <laughs> so then you went to Europe. We, we, ran a, we ran away to London. We got an agent. We told him to work us to death, and we figured that the critical claim of our live show will keep the label from dropping us. The label actually forgot that we were in existence for eight months. And then, like, January 95, they called our A&R, like, wait, Wendy, where are the roots at? And where's our money? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, oh, um, they're in London, but they hey, have Mary. the record. <laughs> so we, we had the record in hand, and they didn't get mad at us. And, uh, you know, we got lucky. The critical claim is what kept us from getting dropped. Well, that's is- what's interesting is you guys are the only ones who – have been on how many records you made? Uh, we are working on fifteen right now. Right, so and you're the only. Now. So the most prolific hip hop. And we've stayed on the same label. This whole idea of us jumping labels, like we've always been at seventeen fifty five Broadway. The labels have changed. Right, but you know we've essentially, in essence, have never gotten dropped by Universal. It's just uh, right. It was Geffen one day, then it was DGC, then it was MCA, then it was Interscope, then it was back to Geffen, then now it's Def Jam. But that, all right, so you guys—it's basically critical acclaim has kept you. That has kept you. us alive well, until until, and then we found we found out what the solution was. The solution was there's no such thing as singular success unless you're a novelty artist, Tiny Tim, Weird Al Yankovic, like Doug, <laughs> or a one-hit wonder, but. Everything has to happen in the movement. You think of Motown, you think of Smokey, Stevie, Temptations, Marvin. You think of Young Money, you think of Drake, Nicki, right. Wayne. We needed. We didn't have a crew. 
Right. So we told them, you got to contextualize us. So we literally said, Commons leaving Relativity Records. Sign him now. They signed him. We said, there's a group called Black Star. They're on Raucous Records. Buy them. They went overboard and actually purchased Raucous Records. That's fine. So they took Black Star, Most Quali. Then they took Pharaoh Munch. They signed him. Next thing you know, MC, uh, Universal MCA became like the home of left-to-center hip-hop. Right. So with all that contextualization, then people are like, oh, this makes sense. So there's sort of like Erica Badu and D'Angelo and Blau and basically the, the, the cast of, of, here it is, Drop Time, Chappelle's Block Party cast. Right. <laughs> God, well so played, stupid. sir. Well played. So stupid. Settle down, folks. So once once that was contextualized, then all of a sudden we went from selling three hundred, four hundred thousand, and well, what do you to make of the fact 000? that most hasn't really released? Nobody, uh, nobody's been able to focus. What do you make of the lack of focus on your on the part of your peers? Well, here's the other thing: black geniuses are crazy. You're talking about black. Black geniuses black are crazy. That are geniuses. Are you or are you not the black angel of death? And <laughs> I don't mean it in a dismissive way or, you know, or to be condescending. But, again, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's taking Lauren Hill 12 years for a proper follow-up. Right. Most truly hasn't made a follow-up to black on both sides I agree. yet. Mm-hmm. Like his follow-ups have been in total other areas that is not in that lane. Can I posit my theory about why? Be- and then you can either count besides on- being a self-saboteur. Well, self-saboteur, but also when you're a popular black artist with predominantly white. <laughs> oh come on, man! You you know <laughs> good well. Anything yet? <laughs> this, no, wait, wait, wait! No, I gotta no, say, I get it. I, I gotta say, out of all the sound effect noises, that's the one that I lost sleep over. Like. Just keep it short. <laughs> oh, you were worried Don't. about the crickets? Yeah. I thought no, I was, was going to get the crickets. He didn't give Neil the crickets when he said, yeah, I posit something. If you're a black artist and you're popular with white people, which you guys are, the roots are, and, and that whole clique is Erica, Bilal, right. Common, most of all that, uh, and Lauren, you start to think that there's something wrong with you if white people like you too much. Hold on. Can I, can I yeah, go counterpoint ahead. on that, yep. though? There isn't a hip-hop group around that's that's big that isn't popular with white people right anymore. but there are that world doesn't exist anymore agreed. the world of the backpacker like oh shit why am i only have a white draw now but it's deeper than that and i think i wish there was one answer that can i, I wish there was an answer to the question of you know what makes d'angelo hold his record for 12 years what makes Mm-hmm. Chappelle walk away after three years of a show. What makes that one's Neil Brennan? The answer to that's Neil Eric. Brennan. But anyway, go ahead. Good, fair point. <laughs> I think we've answered that. You know what makes? Where Eric did Cherry good? pick your friends, Brennan? <laughs> what do you make of me and what what we posited? That when white people like you, you th- you start to doubt your blackness I'm, or your artistry. See, uh, white people don't trust black people. Again, I was about to say it. No, um, white people have always been our bread and butter. Right. And I white bread, never right. argue with my bread and butter. Right. Or the process of it. So I've never had qualms with, you know, and this is the thing. It's like if you, to talk to De La and especially Cypress Hill, who 
hate dearly for it's so weird. It's like the things that I breeze through, the 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 red carpet that I shit on as I walk down it. That was laid by Daylight and Cypress Hill. Like, oh my God, the source used to ream them something crazy. For their fan base. For like, you know, oh, there's too much white people uh, slam dancing in the audience. Like, what's up with that? Because th- they're just totally unaware that the tunnel vision of like, oh, hip hop is just a, a a black thing. Like, if anything, yeah, do I, do I get upset that most? I had a tweet yesterday. I went to my hotel and the girl, this Pretty girl walked up to me. It's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's you, it's you. And then she ruined it by saying, oh, the drummer for the peas. Oh, oh, yeah, you get that all the time. Black people <laughs> think that we are the black white people. Think you're the black guy. No, black people. Oh, oh, black people don't fuck with the roots. Right. That's yeah, the, exactly. Now that's interesting though. Because and what do you let's do? You, ta- do you, let's take yeah. the let's take the black eyed peas as a great example of what of what look compared to the roots. Like the black eyed peas, you if you look at their discography, you can see the moment when they decided to you eat. Know what fuck it. Yeah, well, let's get some money. Yeah, eat. exactly. To eat. to eat. And you guys didn't do that and blew up. Well, in, no, we uh, decided to eat, but we have never eaten off of records. But you records are just the flyers that someone has out. That. <laughs> no. I eat that. We eat on our live show. Right. I eat as a DJ. I eat doing commercials. I eat scoring films. I like albums are nothing. The reason why we can make undone a, an absolutely singleless 35 minute album about death with the most depressing album on earth is because there are seven other options for money that I have. So I don't, it's not like, oh, I don't care. I'm phoning in. But I, if you're just eating off of records. But you uh, you guys have had singles, and they've been big singles. Maybe the not seed. Black Eyed yeah, Peas. The seed is your only real I gotta, I got to ask, does being on Jimmy Fallon for The Roots, is that a more monetary? That's helped that's help my. Do you make more money doing that than, like, making The Roots records and touring and stuff? Um. That's very okay. And can we get an exact dollar amount of both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll put how much are you in. worth specifically and how many bank well, accounts The you thing have? is is that we're still this sort of social village. Lavish life, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> we're, first of all, like, there's too many of us to, to truly ball. Like, right, how many people are on the payroll? Seven, eight, nine? Oh, I mean, in the like technically the roots. Oh, the roots are just. I mean, yeah, there's eight of us, but there's right. still assistants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. no, there's, but that's what I'm wondering about. Like the roots like in our village, there's always going to be 28 mouths to feed. Right. So 28 hands grabbing at one source is always going to be just enough to fill your belly, which is why you see me more. Again, like d- d- doctors at my courtside seats thought I was a comedian on the Chappelle show. Right. Parents nowadays think, oh, the guy from Yo Gabba Gabba. Right. Like, to me, you seem like a dude who knows what's up. <laughs> Everybody's got a different perspective of you, Quest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all things to all people, but the least of what I am is a member of the Roots. Right. Which monetarily. You're saying, oh, monetarily. monetarily. Yeah, monetarily, I yeah, I mean, I use the roots for I, I, uh, I mean, I I enjoyed my streak 
on Metacritic. Uh, get the crickets up. <laughs> Ready? My turn. Metacritic, which is basically the the record, <laughs> the record version of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. To 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 maintain an eighty percent your entire career on right. Metacritic is that is hard. That's yeah. like that makes us fourteen albums in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's crazy. Man. So it's it, you know I, we do it for the critical acclaim, and that sort of advertises that we're we're alive. You know what I mean? But it's. It's not like we're on radio or anything. So how did coming, how did going on the um, Fel- Jimmy Fallon show, how did that come about, and how much do you get paid exactly every night? <laughs> <laughs> but how much do you make? Oh, it was Neil Brennan. Neil He's Brennan putting his hand on Neil's shoulder and shaking Neil in a friendly manner. I'm really shocked that you, <laughs> the two times that Neil's been on the show, we've actually crafted his own, uh, his own walk-on song based on uh, the Nigger Family song, which speaking of walk-on songs, the roots. Uh, great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know the question was coming. Oh yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Walk on songs. Oh, you got can, in trouble. Can you speak to any? What can you say about the Michelle Bachman controversy? <laughs> because let me say this: I find um, Michelle to be a true American hero, a patriot. And it was I was personally as I an American. It. I find her to be a lion. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, you think she's a lion ass bitch? I do. Um, uh, well, you know what? Here's the thing. A lot of people say that Michelle Bachman isn't wouldn't be qualified to lead the country, but she did lead Narnia for over 200 winters. So I think <laughs> my my take on it was in my I had two options. I could have either went with fishbone lion ass bitch. So was it not a coincidence? <laughs> He can't like, say. He can't say that. So was that, 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 that song was on the board when you you came in in the morning. What song is up tonight? No, well, it was bitch I, I wanted to point. I felt that she had based her whole position on revisionism. Revi- like she said crazy offensive things and rewrote history. Like blacks were better off in the slavery period or blacks were happier in the slave period than they were uh, in modern ghettos in, in 2012, which... You know, I, I I don't know about her, but sl- that's my people's version of the Holocaust. Like, I wouldn't say anything yeah. that sen- insensitive. Um, however, in my sort of overzealous way to use a song with the word lies in it, I could have either done Lion Ass Bitch, which we didn't sing the words. We did the instrumental. It's crazy that some nerd knew Fishbone well. No, no, no. Conservative he, he nerd. You blew it. Yeah, he blew I, of course it. I well, tweeted it. Blew it. He oh, you blew tweeted it. it. He tweeted it. He goes, he fucking, you had, you could have gotten away with it. That's you blew it. Exactly. You could have fucking Neil, gotten away Neil, with it. This is Neil's version of being a co-creator of, he was the first one to tell me, don't say it. Yeah. So what'd you tweet that day? Oh, and what first was the other all, song? He tweeted, the first Stop thing, my name. It's embarrassing. <laughs> first thing you did was you tweeted, uh, waiting to see what we did tonight. Uh-huh. Right. It was like, okay, cool. You're good. Still You're gonna get away with it. it. Still could have made it. That's the modest that, That's the modest Amir really not knowing that one because the thing is, if I say, Hey, uh, guys, our new album Undone is out, I'm only getting like five thousand responses. Like people see 1.9 million people, as in all 1.9 million people, are actually going to respond like, "Oh, right. we're going to buy that shit." So in my head, even though I'm one point, even though I'm two million followers, I'm still technically only, only acting. Be thinking. 
Yeah, no, but what I, that was that. But so I, you're like, I, no one's gonna really notice this little credit? tweet, right? I, right. I said, no one's like, why do you need credit? No, but what? what because I do that every night. No, I know, but I'm saying like, just fucking let it go, and then you had a, then you put a YouTube but, like to the song. It's like, oh, you fucking had the money. You were driving away from the scene. <laughs> you're like, you're wait like, a minute, we yo, gotta double back. I got the money. <laughs> yo, yo, see, I robbed hey, the bank. No, so, right? Hey, flip off the police as we yeah. drive by. Don't yeah. do it, Quest. Well, because y'all uh, heard about a robbery, right? Hey, go back to. You heard about the, you heard about, I robbed your shit. Yo, you heard about the Lufthansa heist, right? That's why I fucked your bitch. Yeah. And that's how Pop got done. No, because because of the whole, you know, oh, no, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. Oh, you crazy. Like, I was caught up in the moment. Like, I felt like, right. yo, we, we really established ourselves as the snark masters. What I totally did not see until it was brought to my attention <laughs> was that you can't call... A woman yeah. bitch a on tweet? television. Like one thing, I'm not is misogynistic. Right. I would completely. And agree with that. I totally. No one has more. I don't know anyone with more female friends uh, who I can't tell if you're sleeping with or not. <laughs> no one on earth. I don't know if I don't know whether you're fucking them or playing Scrabble with them. I got. Um, yeah, and it in in true Amir fashion, I acted before I thought, and had I actually thought. Yo, this could be seen as misogynistic. I would have actually went with the other lie song. Which was? Well, lies. There's something wrong with you. Lies. We never. But then I was like, I felt nervous about saying lies. We don't believe a word you say, as in, I didn't want to sing a song. I just want to insinuate a song with music without saying lyrics. So. Not again. This is like another biggie moment. I'm not trying to square my way out. Well, technically, we didn't sing the lyrics to Lion Ass Bitch. We just did the music. But. I wanted to subtly get my point across by giving it away on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Were you blowing? I blew uh, it. I want to ask Worst you Thanksgiving about ever. Needs, needs uh, work. Yeah, no, I spent it at Wyatt Sinek's house, like, hiding out. Oh, like, yeah, Wyatt told me that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was the, the worst. Uh, but your mom got mad at you, right? Everybody got – every woman in my life got mad at me. And that that's the thing that I – you know, people were like, well, you know, the apology wasn't sincere. You fucking <laughs> stupid cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The apology was absolutely sincere because I absolutely abhor uh, any sort of misogynic, misogynistic actions towards women whatsoever. Right. Do you, like, what do you think of the in the balance if hip hop ended today? It is. Okay, let's say it was it's a uh, rigor mortis right now. I agree. We're, we're in denial, I agree. and I need to make a living. So yes, I agree still alive and well. What do you? What did hip hop do? And and in the balance, was it a positive force with all the misogyny, all the drug, all the drug? Uh, what did hip hop do? All the violence. See, but the thing is that again, if we only look at ten percent of it, I'm. But no, no, like I'm we're looking at all of it, all of it, really. Hip hop. Literally saved my life. Like hip hop, for what hip hop did for me was it absolutely not. There was there was a part in my father's record collection of this of this big ass wall of five thousand records. I would only mess with five percent of it because all that other stuff was old stuff. I don't I don't want to listen to that stuff. But then when I got Nation of Millions, I'm like, wait a minute, my dad has this record. He was listening to that record the other day. So now all of a sudden, my father's record collection is very interesting to me. Because hip hop is sort of feeding me what my father had already had, so thus it made it interesting. So, 
hip hop it sort of in its it's sort of pop art recycled net backwards po- way. Net positive for black people? Yeah, it created jobs. It created my career. Like hip hop. I'm created not beyond you. I'm just talking about its its effect on the culture. You mean as in looking at it as yeah, what it's look done from 1985 to or 83 to 2012. From 1979 to 2012, I still think that hip hop had a great uh, a a great effect. Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> thoughts in Amir's head right now. <laughs> I, and I know it's hard to believe that I believe that. But no, I, I, believe, I believe that. that. I, I believe I that. basically, I think it did more for race relations than anything. Because we talk about it all the time how if you grew up in hip hop, I actually think Michael Jackson did more for race relations than anything. You do. Michael Jackson was the the same five kids that would call me nigger in seventh grade. Mm, September. They would whisper it the next year. <laughs> All of a sudden, they were my friends. No, they um, would grab their dick like I, I went to like I I went to for two years. My parents took me out of uh, performing arts and tried to put me in this like Christian uh, Baptist school. But it was like Southern Christian Baptist and not like my Who Southern. Fucked up shit right there, man. Exactly, mom and dad. Not. The Southern Christian Baptist of like, hallelujah, hallelujah. not right. the black one, but like the Jerry Farwell right. sort of. Right. So September of '82, you know, I I was definitely like the only black kid in this sort of Southern Christian Baptist thing, and really not getting along. And then Thriller comes out December second of '82, and literally beat it became the first civilized discussion that the black kids and the white kids in the school had with each other. And then by May of 83, after he did the moonwalk, then our culture starts looking interesting to them. Well, yeah, that's... And then next I, year, Purple Rain comes out. Well, yeah, then, that's... Right. But that's... We're a little younger than you, so I'm a little... He's a lot younger than you. Um, Wait, you weren't born in 82? I was born in no, 79. No. no. Uh, yeah. But what I So what, as a three-year-old, you you didn't uh, know this stuff? No. I do yeah. remember when, thr- when Thriller about, came we out. We lived in a world where it was just like... Bla- the idea of black people being inferior to white was like, What? Everything in my life is their superior. Superior, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of art, I think you see this is the thing. <clears throat> but here here's the true struggle that people always miss. And the whole superior thing and inferior thing, like let's look at the number scale. Let's look at negative two, negative one, zero, positive one, and positive two. So let's look at just that number scale. Most black people are seen as either a superhuman Michael Jordan, the right, best of right. all time. Black, but you're more than black. The thing did Obama, the the, the right. stand-up guy. Right. Or we're seen as subhuman uh, post-90. You have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. Right. <laughs> post-96 Michael Jackson or Lex Luthor. What, what was his Lex name? Steel. Lex, Lex Steel. Lex Steel. <laughs> or, or Mike Tyson circa 91. Like, we were either absolute animals. Right. Or we were or, or the best. Davis, you yeah. can't just be people. The hardest thing that we cannot be is ground zero. We mm. cannot be seen as normal. Right. Because to be seen as normal is to be seen as equal. Mm-hmm. And that is what I think we should fight for. Like, I don't. 
the whole idea of like us achieving and Obama wanting us all to go to college well, and be the, scientists. Yeah, Chris Rock always says it's like he what he'll know it's going well when black people are just allowed to be mediocre. Right, dude. Now I exactly say, look. I'd Carl I, Winslow. I want more Carl Winslow roles on television. Uh, right. I would say Obama's a pretty good. He's like the he, president of the United no, 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 States. No, no, no. But he's, Obama, a, he's, he's like on the – he's not as good a Democratic president as Clinton was. You know what I mean? Like he's – I'm sorry. Meaning, I, think yeah. he's, I think he's using, good guy Reagan. I think he's Reagan the, without the crack. Yeah, but using <coughs> the president as I think the, he's Reagan without the crack here. No, but I think that he's being judged – no, he's being judged by his policies, not by his race. Oh, That's what I'm saying. saying. That's an interesting point. It's like Although you would see – you think for how non – for how regular presidential he is compared – like – the amount of vitriol that's thrown his way, I I can't see that as anything but just people's reaction to. The he's got he's oh absolutely, and he's a fucking crazy graceful guy. Right. I'm just saying he's he is. That's me here, by the way. Um, it's just me. I and flew Neil. a jet blue like I got a cold. <laughs> it's me and Neil talking and um, Quest uh, blowing his nose. But I think he is like a like where you just go. I like I'm accepting him as like slightly better yeah. than mediocre. I know what you're saying. I'm like gonna get, I'm gonna vote for him again. Knowing he's slightly better than mediocre, I understand that it's a lot of it, most of it's circumstantial. But do you do you understand? And this is the thing on the on the campaign trail that people do not understand that I'm trying to tell them. Like they don't get that they think it's like a hierarchy. They think it's let me pull out my wand. Oh, they think the president is. If you a, is could, America's by the way, dad? in this discussion of high-level race relations, when Quest <laughs> pulled out his wand, he literally pulled a Black Power Afro pick out of his Afro. Yeah. That's his wand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people don't see us as regular now. Yeah. Here is my no, Black exactly. Power Afro pick. Wand. Like I'm gonna. They, I mean, that's unbelievable. They, man. they they during the Super Bowl. They, that's they, a hilarious point. They don't see me as regular, and he's like a fucking black icon, and he's wearing a fucking. I literally don't know any white people that have combs in their hair. <laughs> Nor have there ever been. So don't you tell us that you're regular for one second. You're more come you're on, man. Special, Shut man. Up, man. <laughs> no, when, when during the uh, Super Bowl, the uh, the administration had like a, a secret underground meeting. Guess right. you know their whole like, okay, we know we lost Matt Damon, but do we still have your support thing? And I told him one of the hardest things Who was it, Ploof and all those guys. Yeah, it was basically everybody but Obama. Um. And the thing was, I was like, well, first of all, you guys need a better, like, you're this too humble thing of not bragging about what you've done. Yeah. Now, he's releasing the, the film right next week. Yeah, well, that, but you know what they're going to say when he released the film? He's, you know, how these blacks are always bragging. <laughs> you know, they will. I promise you that's what no they're going to do. No one's going to say that. Well, I think that's shot. exactly what Fox News is going to do. Well, that, that, was, that was sort of my I question. I promise you that's My question was do. like... Are you guys going to do this Ter- humble President thing for Terrell Owens? Is what they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was. Uh, that was my question. My question was like, "Yo, like, uh, I better keep my mouth shut." I understand that you guys are are humble, but you know, there a lot of people are under the impression that nothing's been done. Like, you got yeah. no, I you got to brag. Agree. Like, I completely agree with you. I can't wait to see the debates between the the Republican <laughs> nomination and and Barack just being like, uh, so uh, that's yeah, why I'm so praying to Santorum. I killed, that's why I'm praying. Uh, I killed Osama bin Laden. What what were you? What did you do? Anything? <laughs> oh, uh, I was killing Osama bin Laden. Yeah, no, he's gonna trounce Santorum. Uh, I think he's gonna win by ten points either way. But greatest rapper of all time. You don't want to ask me that question. Why not? Okay, then why why not? That's that's just as interesting an answer. Um, because I'm so oversaturated with music that I will purposely probably pick somebody obscure. 
Yeah, like my five favorite rappers are the rappers that are never on anyone's. Oh, I want to hear list. Can we hear them? Um, I think that as a a skill, as a want to explain yourself. As a skilled man, from strictly skills, um, Tariq is is by far one of my favorite MCs ever. He's a very consistent. I agree with sure, that. Sure, I agree as well. Technical yeah. breath control oh, yeah, execution yeah, for sure. Um, there's uh, an MC called Bus Driver. Oh, Bus Driver's great. Yeah, bus yeah. Driver's awesome. Really good. I love Bus Driver. I love... Speaking of breath control, Bus Driver just goes yeah. He's like too good. Yeah, yeah, there's something physically weird about yeah. what he does. I love uh, Paul Barman. Paul's so interesting. I don't know Paul Barman. What an interesting choice. He's like a nerdcore dude. He looks like me, but nerdier. Is he white? Yeah, white dude. Um, that's, that's really nice of you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for that. He's you just, know, on uh, the number scale, white people are either considered. <laughs> 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 Paul Barman, what an interesting choice. No, I love Paul. Yeah, interesting. It's like Paul Louis is like one of my favorite records ever. He lost me on his album though. His EP, like I loved it, and I was like, you didn't oh like Paul Louis? I didn't. I wasn't. I Give it. I like you gotta see in the age of the iPod where you can carry your whole record collection right. with you. Like it, you, you don't let it marinate like you used to with that one cassette in your Walkman. And but no, that was it was great. Okay. Um, I still keep. Pasta News from De La Soul sure. is one of my favorite clever MCs. Yeah. Um, I Am I Be is maybe my favorite hip-hop track ever. I agree. I mean, that's just like a soundtrack <coughs> to my saddest, life type shit. It's the saddest hip-hop song it's, ever. It's pretty incredible. Actually, I thought uh, Trying, or the, the last song on uh, AOI 2 that didn't get played. That was a tear-jerking song. AOI... Uh, uh, De La's uh, yeah, yeah, very the, last yeah, yeah. record. Tell pe- tell people uh, shit that they wouldn't know about Jay Z. Can I ask you something, Doctor? Uh, I have a question. What does the Z stand for? <laughs> <laughs> he was Zimmerman. Jay, he- Jay Zimmerman. <laughs> you know, <what>? actually. <laughs> You know what? Outside, Jason Zimmerman. Outside my apartment building, there's a J and a Z line that goes to Brooklyn. Yeah. So I asked him, I was like, yo, are you named as the Brooklyn Lions? He's like, hell no. Um, uh, his, his nickname was Jazzy when he was a kid. Jazzy. Got oh, it. uh-huh. Because he was so laid back as a kid, like jazz. Obviously not like Pharaoh Sanders or free jazz, but... Speaking of Jazzy, Philadelphia DJs, DJ Jazzy Jeff, one of the greatest Keep DJs going I've on ever seen live. Yes. Wait, let's not ADD this conversation. Um, he, he, he's probably now the opposite of the whole <coughs> black genius thing. I mean, there's a slew of highly skilled, uh, awesome artists well, yeah, because I would put Chris Rock and Jay and those that and work and that are not yeah. scared to yeah. get out there. Well, he says his secret is that he's not afraid to fail or fall on his face, but right. he's very cautious. Um, he's one of the coolest dudes ever. Like we speak damn near every other day, mostly mostly about music. Um, Do you think he's like he, the greatest mind, sort of all encompassing mind in, in hip hop, like in terms of business acumen, strategy? No, he's he's very shrewd, um, but he's cautious. He thinks before he steps, um, and he knows that he's stepping on a landmine. So uh, he's very much aware. Maybe he has access to uh, 
you know, a, a, a landmine detector thing or whatever. But um, how yeah. many how many problems does he have now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, I, I guess I can let this out the bag. There's um, yes. There's a new rapper uh, on the come up. He hit me one night about a an MC that my website o, okplayer.com. Jay hit you about it. He hit me about it. And my first question to him was, "Wait, what the hell are you doing on OK Player?" But is it like OK Cupid for rappers? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly Bravo, Doug. Yeah, well played. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I was shocked because you know half the jokes between him and I are you know like me as the minion and him as like the mighty king. You know. Fraternizing, like you know, don't don't let your merry men see you know talking to the the lowly uh, Baltic place Mediterranean Avenue guys like me. But um, you know, we were he was excited about this new rapper named Danny with an exclamation point at the end of his uh, name. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a website. Well, wait, there's two Dannys now. <laughs> like Danny Brown, who is basically the new old dirty bastard. Um, he's an ill MC. He's crazy. He's he's probably gonna be on the next Roots album. Black dude. <coughs> yeah, Danny Brown. Like the whole Keith Murray, ironic, normal uh-huh. sounding name is not like the new shit now. Charles okay. Hamilton, Danny Brown. Uh, this guy's name is Danny Swain, and um, I don't know. Like <coughs> Jay has sort of this Jedi mind trick thing going on where he tricks you into like doing what he wants and I catch it but you know I actually like this kid that he pointed out so I, I don't know what it is like he why, why was why done, would he he you, so I've, like I've been working with that in you I haven't worked with a rapper really since com I consciously don't mess with hip hop anymore production wise unless it's the roots right um the music I like doing is for old people over 60 like the last Five or six albums I've done. All my clients have been over the age of sixty-five. Oh wow! Right. So no, that's that's the easiest way to get a Grammy. Right. <laughs> Five-time Grammy winner. Five to nine. I think that's unbelievable, man. Um. Yeah. So he's just like, "Yo, what's up with this kid named Danny?" And you know, I heard it. I was like, "Oh, he's ill." So why are you asking me? He was like, "It was on your website." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know that." Well, next thing I know, I'm like contacting Danny, and then like, I don't know. It's like this. It's, it's a part of Jay that's really an underground head. That he doesn't. Well, want. that's what he struck me as like a real cultural. He's like a real consumer, and he he's is. got a great brain. Like he's not, but he, I mean, he's not the like. I, I doubt that he's going to be on like Pitchfork looking for like, you know, the next mixtape of of. God, okay, I'm having a brain fart right now with whoever the underground MC of the moment is. Drake. Okay. No, uh, that's too. Yeah, who is the guy? About. Who is the guy right? Well, I mean, is it how would Action you think of J Electronica? No, there you Well, he signed J Electronica. Yeah, right. And Why is he, that record taking so long? Black Genius? Black Genius. Oh, he's oh, he's self he's self saboteur number one. Uh, Jay Electronica's yeah. been a black genius since I before told, anybody knew who I he was. I told Jay, like, yo. You ain't getting that record until 2015. That's hilarious. And he hit me like, I got the record. I'm like, well, you ain't releasing that record till 2015. But that like, first single was so, what was it called? Plan, plan, plan exhibit, C. Oh, exhibit, exhibit A. Exhibit A or whatever. So exhibit good. A. No, Exhibit C. Um, no, actually, Jay, Sean Carter, uh-huh. uh, has the record, listens Whoa. to it constantly, says it's his favorite record. Oh, shit. Of 2012. You heard he it said it has no singles on it, though. Right. 
but it's his favorite. It record. has no single. Is it on Def Jam? <coughs> no, he signed Jay Electronic. Oh, the Rock Nation. He, he's on Rock Nation. But um. So what is he not going to release it? Jay wants a single. And Jay, you were. I've read somewhere where you say Jay Z's like you guys will talk about the Simpsons and shit. Yeah, he's he's a quote machine. He loves. You know, he, well during the when when you guys were doing the racial draft, the, yeah, we were having Madison concert. Square, yeah, right, and, and we were across the street. You were across the street doing the the racial draft, um, yeah, and he was just chock full of. That's when I really got to know him as a human being, like because I just spent two you weeks. You were telling me that he won't. He has to like look at his old lyrics to remember when you guys are going to do a live show. Uh, or is that not for public consumption? <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, the the no. After Springsteen, everyone deserves a, a, a what do you call it? Um, teleprompter. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't use a, a teleprompter yet. No, but Jay doesn't. But I'm saying when you guys are rehearsing, it'll. Oh be yeah, like, he what needs his lyrics, lyrics printed out. Yeah, he needs. He doesn't know his. Li- like he has to recite them. Yeah, over and funny. over and over again. Yeah, so. it's a wild thing. Although as a comic, it's like the Absolutely. same thing. You just have this yeah, you're like, what is this? But you, you, you can't imagine that Jay Z can't remember. Right. Well, because uh, Tariq, Tariq told me that an MC can really only truly hold like maybe thirty songs in his head. Interesting. Right. So like, I get very frustrated when I'm just like, okay, you got me two, three. Just, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. How do you not know this? But you, but you know all. You know everything. Because I'm a f- like I'm a fan, so I know the stuff by heart. Uh huh. But you also you think Tariq yeah, is think not a fan of the Roots? <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know the answer to that. Okay, uh, I can say that. No, I mean Tariq loves the Roots, but I think like there's the real equimanized sort of battle between the two of us. Like I'm very left and eccentric, and he's very right and barbershop. Like uh-huh. to him. He wants to walk in his regular ass ghetto barbershop that he's been going to right. since he was 16, and with his walking with his head up high. And me, I want to make sure that Metacritic keeps us above 80. Uh huh. And so between it is Richard Nichols, our manager, who has to sort of play did referee. You, did you say Equimanite, like referencing Outcast? Well. Equimini, I mean, the, the whole thing they try to present, like the right. artistic one and the and the street one, trying to, you know. You think that's a, that's constructed or that's real? No, that's real. Yeah, for sure. But with us, it's definitely like, you know, like Tariq feels like it's my group. Uh-huh. But Tariq gets final say on all the beats. So the fact that the music protagonist of the group has to still answer to him makes me feel like it's it's his group. Right. But that tension is good. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Springsteen <laughs> anecdote? Greatest guy ever, man. Like, my life has changed. Like, I I was that casual dude that knew of Springsteen and only knew the hits. But um, we did a week. Like, I'm going to tell you how powerful Springsteen was. Uh, it It literally... Because you also have to understand that this is not just a, a, a television show. This is also a a office job. Like we for you, yeah, for all of yeah. us. Like we have office jobs and offices and all those things. Like you know, uh, fantasy football and you know, meatloaf Thursdays and and retreats and regular sexual we gotta, harassment. We, we got to go to HR. Yeah. We got to do yeah. all that regular office shit. And with office shit <coughs> comes. 
high school beef right. and that type of thing. You might not like this writer. You may not right. fuck with dude in wardrobe. Right. So, like, literally, I saw, like, what I thought to be, like, at least five sworn enemies. They, they Like, the power of Springsteen performing really washed that beef away. Right. To the point where, like, everybody was like, oh, I love you, man. I love you, too. Wow. <laughs> like, I'd never seen that. And the fact that I did not know the material, and he just came in and and exploded like dynamite, like, instantly. I, I The next night, I went to the Apollo to see him, to play at the Apollo. Crazy. And he, he literally climbed the rafters. I'd never seen yeah, anyone. Yeah, I heard that. He climbed the rafters, all three levels. He did the James Brown, please, please. He routine. really hurt himself. He fell <laughs> all the way. Terrible down. accident. Nobody <laughs> wanted to cover it. Man, I want to see Bruce. He's been dead now. for two weeks. Yeah. So I, I purchased his records. Like I, I'm now. Uh, I like how much I can. <laughs> that's the gun you should have used I that you shouldn't tell. have used. That's or. the Kirk of Ink house. You know what? Because I, I was talking to James about this. I feel like he loves you. I, I feel like Bruce loves black people. And like uh, you guys are like he loves you it's guys. It's real, but it's real love. No, it's I know. Not no, but I also love that he loves you guys music. Like he he respects you musically, and and it's I, I'm I it makes me like proud of you guys. Only in that because I grew up in like Jersey and Philly and thank you, man. Bruce. And then seeing how much he like loves you. I said it's like you guys are like the E Street band that he doesn't have to pay. Well, you know what I mean? It's like he it's like he loves you guys like his band with no money worries and he doesn't worry about your travel right. and your kids and backstage bands. It's just like uh, it's just some dudes that I get to play with and there's no business. He's shit. totally sincere. Like I'm shocked at that. Like I'm not a people person, like despite you know, contrary to popular belief and me tweeting twenty four seven, like I am not a people person. Right. I, I am a a hermit, a I'm off-putting and all rude words. <laughs> Don't even look at me as I talk to you, Neil. <laughs> but um, he is that. He is so sincere and just so real and so interested. Like, he came in our room once. He's a real nigga. We <laughs> 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 should stop there. <laughs> no, he's one of the realest guys ever, man. He came he, to the room and what? No, he just came in the room one day like, hey, let me see your guitar. And we just had that, like, mean, all seven of us had, like, a Mean Joe Coke commercial moment where he's right. just like, yeah, let me show you these chords. So he's like, nah, nah, nah. and then he just started performing. Like, we had a, a mini Springsteen yeah. concert inside oh. of our room. We're just like. Yeah, when you say your room, you, it's, it's a fucking closet, your, yeah, your space. Yeah, it's a closet. At it's like, it has brought truly, us together, though. Yeah, it's truly Neil, like you this. brought us together. It's, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's truly one of the smallest. Uh, Questlove says Doug's drops are the best part of this whole shit, <laughs> and he's back. <laughs> he is back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I hope you will come back sometime. Uh, that was great. That was um, one of the great episodes of the show. Uh, I feel like I wasted this episode. Like, no, is there anything no, no, we no, didn't cover? Just Kanye West. Is yeah, that no, that was true? great. Uh, all right, so so ladies, and, so check out Quest Band, the Black Eyed Peas. Yes, BlackEyedPeas.com. Uh, <laughs> I'll be DJ. Got a bar mitzvah near you. Uh, Black Party. Eyed Peas. Actually, I got a bar Lakaian. mitzvah offered, believe it or not. That's hilarious. Would they want to pay you? No, bar mitzvah is serious money. I know. Oh, man. yeah. It's yeah. 
Like, like I, Drake rapped about rapping at a bar mitzvah. Yeah, I was about to say, like, am I letting out the secret that half our favorite rappers have now? Like, that's the new hustle. Is that right? Bar mitzvah the yeah. new hustle? Yeah, and the fucking Son. Middle East and oh, shit. Oh, shit. You that's, that's your mama's crib right there. You like, should have come to my bar four mitzvah. Four bar mitzvahs? Wow. God. Uh, Questlove, Amir Thompson. Thank you. That was great. This that is was. truly... I, I hope you guys don't lose... I know one day, like, once you get the episode, if you get the episode 500 or whatever, then it'll be refined and we'll be in a different studio. And right. I really hope you guys keep this Baltic Mediterranean Avenue level. I don't want y'all Pennsylvania, North Carolina, nah. Marvin's Garden level. We stay ghetto. We stay ghetto. Stay ghetto. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fucking with the, <laughs> the champs. So you got Finally, it. fucking with the champs. Fucking like, with the champs. I've been waiting for that all yeah. episode. <laughs> With the chairs. Goodbye, everybody. Put your phone down. Get out of the road. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna redo it. Alright, raise it up a little bit more. Turn this shit up. Let's get together like a cookout.